Welcome to Saturday. Welcome to Radio Free Professional Wrestling. I am Sean, and this week I have the pleasure of a special guest host. My special guest host is Ashley J. Ashley, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I can't complain. I can't wait to break down this week's professional wrestling. And for all you guys who were able to stay up for the G1 this morning, bravo, because I can do it to save my life. Okay, Ashley, let's go over to our stunning six questions of the week as we try to break down what happened during the past week of professional wrestling. All right. It's time for the stunning six questions. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, David and Sean can make sense of it. Okay, Ashley, our first stunning question. How do you feel about the new AEW protocols for the wrestlers and performers that was announced this past Thursday? I was going to say, this has been kind of a bit of contention with a lot of uh, mutuals I have online and stuff like that. Reading more into it and with the more details that have come out since they were first announced, I think they're fine. Letting production know when you're going to hit a big move or stuff will help kind of, I hope, prevent some of the production issues we sometimes see in AEW, like missing a big spot or cutting away at an opportune time or something like that so maybe it can help cut down on little things like that i thought the chair shots were already a thing i will say i i know we've had a couple of chair shots but we don't use those weapons as frequently anymore so i mean they seem pretty standard you know actually when i saw this list i was going like you know i feel like they're a growing company they're going more on the road i mean i feel like it's been like a year or so since they left Daily's place where during the pandemic that was her home base so to me this is this like them covering their bases like hey guys we've seen this through the past year we had some questionable spots which fortunately for us didn't cause any issues but let's get this all cemented into legal documents where this is what you can do this is what you can't do and there's some things you just need to ask permission for so we probably won't see mgf pouring a drink on a kid's head anytime soon i was just gonna say i think that was a big uh a catalyst for some of this because that was a pretty contentious point uh as well with a lot of fans who some were like it's just heel heel shtick it's part of the gimmick and others were like that's a line you don't cross you went too far and i i don't know I can kind of see both sides, I guess. Yeah, see, my thing is, I feel bad for Hangman Adam Page because, you know, part of his stick is like, hey, I get a free beer as I'm walking down to the ring. Right, that's my dude, too. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully he could get that approved for Tony and go like, hey, can I still do this part of my stick? I do wonder, because I know that it says that, like, a lot of the moves and a lot of, you know, the spots and stuff that are being called into question right now are more of just, like, you need approval first before anything is done. So I can kind of see where they're coming from with that, you know, like, maybe you have to put a plant out in the audience or something like that you know actually i feel like they need to especially if you're going to do some kind of physical spot with somebody who's quote unquote a fan i think the last one i saw was mjs smacking that cap off of the fan's head i'm going like you know eventually you're going to run into the wrong dude and you try to do that and he's going to knock the freak out of you yeah that's also like a concern like obviously you don't want to put like even the wrestlers at safety at risk because i mean people are just unpredictable you don't know how anybody's gonna react to something like that i've seen like some indie events where things like that have gotten out of hand where you know a wrestler bumped into a a crowd member and the crowd member hit the wrestler back and you know so i can understand where they're coming from and just wanting to avoid that altogether and keep everybody safe you know actually i just saw a video where a dad went after a wrestler after a wrestler came down to ringside and spent on his daughter's head and not the dude out. And I was like, the father was right. He should go protect his daughter. And by the way, hey, this is 2023. You should be spending on kids. I feel like you shouldn't have to say that, but you know, here we are. <laughs> okay, so you'll be able to find the total list of what is allowed and disallowed in our show notes 
this week, and we're moving on to our second stunning question. Ashley, who do you want to get out of this Judgment Day? Do you want to see Finn Bauer lead the Judgment Day, or do you want to see Damian Priest? All right, so I'll be honest. I'm not really up to date with my WWE, but I have seen a little bit of this story. I think it would be Finn. I agree with you, Ashley. I feel like Finn could go better on his own by himself without having a group around him. I feel like Damian Priest, yeah, you could do the babyface cash-in with the Money in the Bank contract. What I want to see is a babyface Finn Balor or a Finn Balor, kind of like Chris Jericho, just go his own separate way, be away from a group. So hopefully we'll see what comes up here towards SummerSlam because one of these two briefcases have to be cashed in soon because the WWE doesn't like to have both briefcases out and about. Right. They like to tie up their loose ends like that. You know, Ashley, I'm surprised that Eosu has the women's money in the break because she's basically the longest holder of this briefcase in WWE history because normally that's the first one that gets taken. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I remember, I remember like the past few years I've seen it, it usually cashed in almost immediately. She's gotten herself so over, like, kind of a good idea to have her maybe hold on to it, let her build up this, like, run she's got going, and then possibly have her cashed in in the future and maybe win it. Yeah, I would love to see EO cash out, really. Her and this Dom thing have gotten super over, so, like, go with it. You know, actually, I can't believe, like, a year ago, we were talking about how Dom really needed to go to, like, Annecy or somewhere else because he was just dying on the main roster. Twelve months later, he's the hottest freaking act in the WWE. Hey, that's what happens when you give somebody the time to kind of find their, you know, their niche, their, their space in wrestling. And that's what's great about watching wrestling in general is just watching these people find their place like that because like you said people a year ago i saw it online too people were like this kid is no good he'll never be anywhere and now he's one of the most talked about acts everyone is always talking about the heat he gets and stuff like that and he's been doing well so you just gotta give them some space and some time and they'll figure it out okay ash we're moving over to our third study question last wednesday on aw dynamite we saw the debut of Nick Wayne to All Elite Wrestling as he took on Strawberry Strickland in a loss. What were your first impressions of Nick Wayne on American TV? Very impressed for an 18-year-old kid who's never been on TV. He didn't look like it was too big for him. He looked good out there. You know, he seemed a little bit nervous and... I think maybe it came through, but I mean, overall, for your first appearance on TV, you can't really ask for much better, I think. You got a pretty good reaction, too. You know, Ashley, I feel like AEW did everything they could to get Nick Wayne in a good position. They gave him a start on somebody he wrestled before and defied wrestling up there in the Pacific Northwest. They did one hell of a vignette halfway through the show, basically laying out the family story of the Waynes and the fact that Nick Wayne is carrying on his father's name. So I agree with you. I feel like Nick Wayne's bound for success in AEW. Now, I know some people were kind of upset he didn't win the match, but you don't all have to win the match. I don't think you need to either. I feel like that's kind of an older thing, like where you used to hear like, oh, you win coming in, you lose going out kind of thing. But I think we've kind of seen, you know, different variations and people not really holding to that anymore. So I don't think it was a need to win. I do agree. I think those vignettes were great. I like the introduction to them. I think that was pretty smart on AW's part because we do always hear a lot of complaints about people not being aware or knowing who a person is before they show up. So I thought that was really good. And I thought he looked good out there. So I'm excited to see what him and I'm assuming Darby's going to get thrown into the storyline now too with Swerve and stuff so I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Exactly and for those people who are talking about the win by Swerve, Swerve's like one of your best heels. I feel like he should be a freshly new talent. Yeah plus I mean Swerve's taken a couple of losses already Um, so to have him kind of come in with this kid that you know, you find out if you didn't know already through the vignettes that him and Swerve have history, you know, like now you know it, they come in and Swerve wins because he needs the win and Nick Wayne 
doesn't technically right now. But now you can see that's going to be a feud going forward and Nick Wayne will eventually, hopefully, take out Swerve, you know, the heel. Exactly. I feel like this is the beginning chapter of a feud that's going to start um, Nick Wayne's career in AEW. If they're already invested so much with Nick Wayne at 18, like, you know, Swerve is going to be in that picture. Darby's going to be in that picture. They're going to have their some of their top guys in there with him. And it's going to push them all. Okay, let's move on to our fourth stunning question. And Ashley, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think the best tag team in AEW right now is Adam Cole and a disingenuous babyface MJF. Am I wrong? You are not wrong. But <laughs> this has been phenomenal. I have loved every second of this. And I will say I love MJF. Adam Cole is somebody I like, but I wasn't I wasn't very into. But since his comeback from his injury, I have loved every single second of everything he has done. This feud right here, I can't wait to see where this goes next. I don't see them winning. I see one of them, you know, turning eventually. But I need a few more weeks of vignettes, honestly. Maybe a TNT sitcom. <laughs> I know what you mean, Ashley. This is like the romance you didn't know you needed until you saw it on the screen. And you're like, oh, I'm invested in this. This is someone that needs to carry on. Please carry on. Yes, exactly. So like, and I feel like MJF could almost make that pairing with almost anybody. Him and Sammy Guevara a couple of months back was something I didn't know I would really enjoy. And they made that work. <laughs> so they're just good with the comedy shit. I want to say this. I feel like MJF might be the most battle person in AEW because I feel like he could be baby face or heel on any night i i long for that day for an actual baby face mjf run like just to see what it would be like <laughs> he could do it for sure i just want to see how he would do it <laughs> okay so actually the one thing we need in this bromance is a segment where Britt baker comes in and she's like totally pissed off at adam for hanging out with matt i've seen some tweets where she's already been like what is this <laughs> Up like that. So I would definitely love to see her in one of these vignettes. <laughs> okay, so who do you like better as um, Adam Cole's uh, bro, Roddy or MJF? Well, we know we know Roddy's the better friend, but we know MJF is the more entertaining of the two. <laughs> and Cole is like broke Chacho all the time is like killing me. I just love the fact that MJF goes wholeheartedly into Roddy's spot for the entrance for Adam Cole. She popped out, blowing out, doing the boom. It's so great. And I'm like you, I don't want to see it end, but I'm like you as well. I feel like like, one of these two is going to turn on each other. Yeah, I'm afraid for it. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed if they pushed it and won the titles and at least had them for a little bit, you know? So I know sometimes that's, like, a thing, you know, the can they coexist thing. Have them win the titles for, like, a month, I'd be fine with that. Then they can drop into a real tag team. <laughs> you know, they could. They could win the tag teams off at FTR. Then they can lose it to... Juice Robinson and Jay White. Yeah, you know, there's no shame in losing Jay White. Juice Robinson, two of the best. No. Okay, Ashley, we're moving on to our fifth study question of the week. We're going over to WWE and we're heading towards SummerSlam. Do you want to see Brock Lesnar versus Cody Road Part 3? I think it could be a good match. I'm not too big into it. I kind of wish they would have put the belt on Cody, you know, a few months back. Kind of seemed like the right time. But if they do it and have Cody win, I say do it and push him toward the title. You know, I'm hoping they decide to do some kind of stipulation here and i'm hoping it'd be like a full rope match or something like that somewhere cody has a slight advantage and brock can eat a loss i mean it's brock freaking lesser he just shows up and everybody's like "Ooh, it's brock freaking lesser right and it's a big deal when brock loses so you know give it to him <laughs> like give it to cody you know like the guy he's been over with the wwe fans since day one when he went back over there you know like it seems so weird to not just push him 
toward the belt. <laughs> Actually, I think the only reason he didn't win at WrestleMania is they see the bloodline storyline. You're going like, we still got some energy in this and we want to continue this. But wait a minute, we got Cody over here. What do we do with Cody? Oh, we'll give Cody brought. That'd be okay. I mean, I guess sort of like a consolation at the moment, but I don't know. I see like the, the bloodline storyline kind of changing like direction now, you know, with kind of like breaking up and, and stuff and everybody kind of seeming to like branch out still feuding but kind of branching out now by themselves but if that's the case then why didn't we they push cody toward the the newer belt you know that's a great question actually i'm kind of happy they didn't do it because especially after wrestlemania it would have felt like oh here's the bronze medal to cody you tried right Okay, Ashley, let's go over to our sixth and final studying question of the week. As we found out back on AEW Dynamite this past week, the fifth member of the Elite is known under her name, Kota Ibushi. So we're getting the Golden Elite. But Ashley, I kind of popped more for who the fifth member of the Blackpool Combat Club was. It's freaking Pack. So which one were you more excited about? Genuinely do not know. I didn't expect Pack. We kind of knew it was going to be Kota Ibushi. So I was already excited. But like having Pack come in, I was like, I did not see that coming. And it was the perfect replacement so ah, oh, it's so tough just to see kota ibushi in AEW is gonna be amazing i'm gonna need him and pack to have a one-on-one at some point because i've been asking for that match for like a few years <laughs> so tony please i gotta go ibushi though but just because of holy crap we've never seen him and this is gonna be insane okay so last week on this show i was trying to predict who was going to be the member for the back club comic club and i literally tweeted out oh hey maybe it's miro and everybody goes like nah it's not gonna be miro but i was hoping for miro but then when i saw pack i wasn't disappointed i was like oh my word like yes this makes sense right like it makes sense he, he has history with pretty much everybody him and kenny in a cage is gonna go hard i'm ready <laughs> you broke my nose right and he <laughs> shattered it you could see it oh so, yeah, I feel like this is going to be one hell of a match come up here this coming Wednesday. Aren't you going to this show? I am. I have tickets for this. So how excited are you for going to this show? On a level of like 1 to 10, about a 15. <laughs> I went to um, a few months ago, it was a, the previous Battle of the Belts in a live rampage. And it was a pretty good show. Kind of a, a bit underwhelming of a card, but not too bad. But I, I think this one match is making up for it honestly you know i feel like this match should take up the last hour of um, Wednesday's tv i feel like it needs to go like 35 to 40 minutes yeah with all these these are 10 of the hardest hitting dude in wrestling and i am just in a cage this is gonna be nuts okay ashley i'm gonna put you on the spot who wins this match is it team golden elite or is it the black blue combat club Ooh. I think the elite, I think Yuta might eat the pin. See, Ashley, I'm there with you. I feel like Yuta's position in the club is basically, oh, hey, you're in the club for one reason, to eat the pins. I mean, he's good, though. He's another one that, like, watching that from what he was when he first came in to what he is now has been absolutely awesome to watch. You know, Ashley, I feel like we need a Pat versus Yuta match as well since we're just making dream matches here. Let's have that match too, please, Tony. Yeah, I'm down. Honestly, Pack versus like anybody. Is this crazy how bad the WWE misused this guy and then he gets to be a free agent and come over to AEW now? He's just like killing everything. He has like the best sell of a DDT I've like ever seen. <laughs> Ashley, this has ended our stunning six questions for the week. It's RFPW's top five moments of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our top five matches of the week. And Ashley, see if you agree with our results from our Facebook group. Okay, our number one match of the week, voted on by our Facebook group, 
was Samoa Joe versus CM Punk last week from Collision. Okay, that's a good choice. I see why. Our second match of the week was from NST from this past cheesy, as we saw Braun Breaker versus Ilya Dragunov, where Braun Breaker basically speared Dragunov out of the air. Then we have a tie for our third match of the week. It's a three-way tie. It's FTR and Blood Club Glow from their match from this past episode of Collision and MJF and Adam Cole versus Big Bill and Brian Cage. Why in the hell did this match didn't get any more votes? I know it wasn't technically a masterpiece, but come on. It was like comedy gold. So much better than it like should have been or like I thought it was going to be. I don't know. I really like Big Bill. He's very funny at being a heel. You know, actually speaking of it, tag teams that should be a tag team. I never thought I would say Big Bill and Brian Cage, but they were together so well. Yeah, I really liked that. The, the, was that the clothesline into the powerbomb combo? That was good. And our last match that was on this list was Swerve Swetland versus uh, Nick Wayne. And I gotta agree, I feel like that was a very well executed match that gave a lot of offense to Nick Wayne. And he only lost because he's the inexperienced person versus a very well-traveled veteran in Swerve Swetland. Yeah. And that has been our top five matches of the week. And we'll toss in Ashley's match, too, as one. As if you haven't seen Will Nightingale versus Athena from Rampage, you need to do yourself a favor. Go find Rampage or find that match on YouTube and just sit down and watch it for a second. Yeah, it's like 15 minutes. What's on tap? The guys give you their picks on what you can't miss this week. We're going to preview this evening's three hours of live AEW TV. Ashley, are you ready for this? Yes. Okay, let's start about this one. We'll talk about CM Punk versus Ricky Starks. It's the final of the Owen Hart Tournament. It's in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Is there a way for Ricky Starks to win? Unfortunately, I don't think so. I think it's going to Punk, but I think Ricky's going to have a great showing as usual. He's been kind of working his way up, so I guess working with Punk is kind of a pinnacle of what he's been working toward for right now. But I think Punk takes it. Ashley, I'm hoping this leads to a Ricky Stark versus CM Punk feud going out of this. So I'm hoping CM Punk kind of cheats to win here and Ricky Starks almost has the victory. And it takes CM Punk slipping down to some dirty trick to win. And that's how we get a few coming out of this match. That would be great. So promos coming out of that would be killer. Honestly. Actually, they could probably just have a few based on promos. I feel like that would just be entertaining as all get out. Right. Okay, so the next match we know about Collision this evening at the time of recording is Bullet Club Go, JY, it's his error, and Rock Hard, Juice Robinson versus FTR. It's two out of three falls for the AEW tag team titles. Ashley, do we want to see FTR come out of this collision with the titles, or do we want to see Bullet Club Go with the titles? If I'm being perfectly honest, I do want Bullet Club to walk out with the title. It doesn't have to be in a, you know, in a straight match. They're, they're heels. They can they can cheat and, and do what they need to win. That's fine. But I feel like this FTR title run has been a little a little weird. They haven't really done much with the tag titles. So I think maybe them losing the titles could be a catalyst for them to either turn or, you know, something. Maybe kind of rejuvenate what they've had going because they were super over. And then they won the titles and then we kind of haven't done so much. I really feel like. AEW kind of dropped the ball here with the tag team title division. They had the acclaim with the titles. Then the acclaim hot potato lost it to the Gun Brothers. And the Gun Brothers only had it for like a month and a half. And oh, hey, here's FTR. And we're putting the titles on FTR. So I feel like this hot telling of the title has really affected the division. I truly feel like that started with like Revolution too because... 
they had that four-way match for the tag titles and everything and they had like best friends in there then they got subbed out for like orange cassidy and danhausen and everybody just wanted ftr to come in and, and win the titles and win that match and instead we put orange cassidy and danhausen in there and i think kind of just for everybody when they did that instead of just we had waited for ftr maybe we should put ftr in the match then I don't know, I felt like it kind of slowed everybody's momentum after. I feel like it did. And honestly, I feel like FTR's at a point in their career, they really don't need tag team titles to be quote-unquote over. I feel like they could do their business no matter what they have. Right, yeah, no, definitely. They're they're very good in their, you know, promos, they're good in ring, so they're capable of carrying a feud without without it revolving around champions. And honestly, Ashley, I just want to see the promos that Jay White can cut with the paddles with him. Gonna like, look at me. I told you it was my error. So here I am with now I got gold. And then Juice Robinson just yelling in the background. Like insane Juice Robinson just yelling. Oh hey, Juice Robinson, here's somebody else from the WWE that was one time in NST as CJ Parker. He was the quote unquote hill environmentalist. And now look at this dude. I mean, like he had the best outside WWE run ever. I remember when he first came into AEW, I saw a lot of people kind of griping about like, oh, why would you sign this guy? And why bring him in? He, he's not like the quality, like this. And I'm watching this dude, I'm like, are you watching him? Like he's good in the ring. He's cutting these promos that are hilarious he's so good okay the other match we need to talk about about this Emmy at collision is going to be willow nightingale versus ruby Soho for the women's own heart championship now ashley we already said that cm5 party gonna win the men's version of that tournament willow nightingale needs to win this tonight i feel like ruby doesn't need us to save her life but let's put the rocket to uh, nightingale and send her to the moon here with a victory yeah Honestly, I'm I'm for that. I'd love to see Willow win. I'm not I'm not certainly against Ruby winning because I think even especially in the past few weeks, she's been showing how valuable she is. I think she's cut some really good promos. I think she's had some good matches. So I could see them putting it on her just to kind of maybe have another outcast thing to rub in the face of the baby faces and kind of stuff like that. But honestly, I think putting that on Willow and giving her that spotlight in that moment when she after she's lost that new Japan strong title, I think would be kind of smart on AEW. Exactly. I feel like they kind of got gifted this special baby face and Will Nightingale goes, you just fall in love with her as she's coming down to the ring. She's all joyful and stuff and, and her presentation is so good and she's getting better in the ring. And I'm just hoping they see this and go like, hey, we have this chance to create a new baby face. Because the one thing I would say about AEW is their women's division, they got a lot of ladies there who have a lot of talent. They don't really highlight a lot of them. That's true. It, you know, it's it's tough, too, when they only get, like, one match per show. I don't know. It's tough because I kind of see, like, I do know there is stuff that still needs work in the division and stuff like that. So it's not always wise to kind of put your claws out there. But a lot of them have come so far, there's no excuse to not get them out there. At least for a, a you know, seven-minute match, a, you know, something, a promo. I'm not sure, you know? Exactly, Ashley. Let's move over to Battle of the Belts. Now, my first question for you, Ashley, do we really need AEW to have this special anymore? Or can they just let this go by the wayside? I gotta be honest, I think this one could go. Um, these matches all seem to be thrown together at the last minute and just seems to just have a special on. I mean, we could do almost anything else with that hour, I'm pretty sure. Ashley, you know, when they first announced this, I was hoping this would be like their version of the Clash of the Champions. And it'd be something special by itself, but they have totally not done anything with it whatsoever. And I feel like there hasn't been one great title match on the first six of these. And we'll talk about the title matches tonight for number seven. And we can start with number one being Sean Spears versus quote unquote Luchasaurus, who's the TNT champion, even though Christian loves to carry the belt around. Who do you see coming out of this match? Luchasaurus. 
I, you know, I think these are pretty predictable matches, to be honest. I see like Christian getting involved and in, in costing Sean's fears. Maybe they do a little something from here on out, but I see. I mean, I do like Sean's fears, and yes, it's the fact that his name is Sean. Yes, but he's so good in the ring. He's so good at what he does. I feel like he's another person. He can take an L sometimes, and it doesn't really hurt him. You get to put him back in another match. And granted, sometimes down the road, they need to give this guy like a title run just for a thank you title run. Right. Even if it's just a short TNT title run, a short international title run, you don't have to give him like the, the world heavyweight title. But like even just for that run as the chairman, like give him something. <laughs> I love that. Oh, God. I love him as the chairman where he just came out, sit down in the chair and at that cue on this music, he just slams it. And I'm like, this is freaking cool. I mean, the guy knows how to get himself over. Was this the best thing about Sean Spears? OK, let's go over to our next match as we're looking at the Murder Hot versus Orange Cassidy. Ashley, are you bet any money that the Murder Hot can win this title or are you putting all your money on Orange Cassidy? Going on Orange Cassidy. <laughs> I love Lance and I'm glad he's finally back and on TV again. He's another one that they kind of just bring in to kind of have him lose a few matches and then he kind of disappears again. But I genuinely enjoy him and I like I like watching him in New Japan especially. So I kind of wish he had more of that presentation here. But I'm glad he's at least back on TV and getting a match. You know, actually, I kind of wish he was on our TV earlier this morning in New Japan. Like, hey, he has a G1 match. Because I feel like him in the G1 would be fun this year. Yeah. But I'm like you. I feel like Orange Cassidy is going to come out here with a victory. I feel like they're not done with this orange mega push. I like the title reign. I, I will say, like, I, I like him defending it as frequently as he does i like the kind of story they're telling with him like breaking down a little bit more and more every week as he defends it like his his hands hurt arms hurt legs hurt i do dig that but eventually they're gonna have to find somebody that's gonna deep on him you know okay ashley who do you want to see orange cassidy drop the belt to i have two that immediately come to mind uh one hasn't been on tv in a while but i would still love to see him win it and that's roosh um i miss him and i loved what he was doing with the heel stuff and i went to the match when orange cassidy took on drillistico and i kind of thought that was going to lead into something like best friends versus lfi and then that kind of just went by the wayside orange cassidy just kind of went on defending um but i would love to see him and roosh go at it or kunosuke takesh to take it you know that's two excellent choices and i would love to see roosh have a title in AEW because I feel like they're missing out on this guy. Truly, I feel like that dude came in, he's chilled it out of the heel, he looks great in the ring, he looks brutal and believable. I love it. I'm I'm all for his presentation, his style of wrestling. I want to see him get strapped up soon. Okay, Ashley, we got one more match to talk about here on this seventh edition of Battle of the Belts. It's Tyler Battery versus only Storm, and I kind of want to see this match. I wish it had a longer build to it, Ashley, but who you got? I got Tony. I wanted a bigger build-up, too, especially because the match with Taya last night was essentially nothing. It was like a, a spear finisher done. You know, it wasn't... You didn't really get a match, and then we kind of got thrown with this. I think they're going to have a good match, and I can't wait to see it. I just wish... Maybe maybe more of the storyline will come out after the match. That's kind of essentially what I'm hoping. Like, maybe this leads to, like, Taya joining them now. You know, we were talking about this before we started recording, Ashley. I kind of thought when they were first coming down, they were going to ask how to join the outcast. Tony literally went, oh, hey, you're a loser. You know why you're losing all these matches? Oh, she puts the L to her head to go like, you're a loser. And I'm going like, Ashley, this is like the greatest pitch to join my club ever. <laughs> join me, you loser. Like, I mean, it wouldn't really make sense for either one, I guess, you know, because like, why would they want a loser in their group? And why would she want to join people calling her a loser? But Oh, wrestling's weird, and sometimes we do weird things with storylines. <laughs> and I don't want to see Tyler take a loss here. That's all she's done since she's been in AEW. A, she's been on Rampage. 
I will say truthfully, that is all she has done is take a lot of losses. And like, yes, sometimes that's on AEW for sometimes bringing people in and then putting them directly into like title pictures and stuff like that. Because you can't always realistically expect somebody to just come in and win a belt, you know, so somebody's going to have to lose. And sometimes that has to be the new person, you know, and then that but we haven't really done much to like bounce her back. She hasn't had any like. Even that squash match last night, like, how does that look in comparison to her, like, three or two or three losses against Jade Cargill? You know, that doesn't really compare. Exactly. You know, as you brought that up, I was thinking that that would have been the perfect person for Jade to lose on her way out. That second match they had, that's where you put the TBS title onto Tyler. And that would have been a perfect champion. Right. But I'm like you. I feel like Tony's going to keep this title. It's going to be a fun match. And we're heading over to All In. And hopefully Jamie Hayter is healthy enough to have a rematch. Let's go. I can't wait to hear that theme in Wembley. <laughs> you know, actually, I heard rumors that All In for us here in the States probably is going to be on Racial Report. And I'm hoping this is not true. I'm hoping it's not going to be 50 bucks and we have to turn around and do All Out for 50. True. I'm a little worried with some of these uh, uh pay-per-view schedule things I've been hearing. But we're going to toss in an extra question this week. I didn't ask you this question yet. Actually, there's rumors that uh, this every time Warner wants AEW to go to a bigger, longer pay-per-view window, they want to do a monthly pay-per-view system for AEW in a new TV deal. Do you want a 12 pay-per-view AEW cycle or do you want something less like maybe six or four? Us. Uh, I don't want 12. I think that's too many. Uh, I would be okay with six. We kind of do about six pay-per-views a year now with like Forbidden Door and stuff. We're up to five anyway. So adding one more, maybe like AEW specific one wouldn't be the worst. But I think 12 is just too many. I don't I don't think there's a lot of people willing to spend that money every month on a pay-per-view either, especially nowadays. Exactly. Actually, I did the math myself. It's $600 a year if they do 12 pay-per-views at $50 a piece. I mean, with everything else, I mean, like, I kind of got slammed at the end of June with everything because it was like Forbidden Door. The video game came out and I was like, I got to get the game, you know, <laughs> so I got the game. You know, that's already 120 bucks. So 120 bucks. you're looking at another almost 550 for other pay-per-views and stuff throughout the year. You're already looking at crazy amounts of money to spend on our on, on anything in a year honestly exactly actually i'm hoping beyond hope they put all in on max and that way for us who already have a max subscription or a max subscription approved something we already purchased we can watch it without having to pay for it technically take a pay for it right or it gives people the option to like sign up for the month and not have to spend so much you can spend the whatever the fee is like 10 15 bucks a month on the max and then you know, you keep it if you like it and you cancel it if you don't, you know, your choice. But you didn't have to spend $50 to watch. Exactly. And I'm with you. I want to see AEW, if they increase their pay-per-view schedule, I want it to go to six, like how WCW was at one point. They would do a pay-per-view every other month instead of the WWF doing one every month. I feel like six is the perfect number. And we can slide in the Offer Ash Stadium event since they like to do it every year. That could be one of the initial pay-per-views. You just turn that sucker into a pay-per-view. Yeah. And I mean, like, it would be nice of them to do, like, those, like, international shows like that, so. And I feel like eventually they're probably wanting to do at least one trip to England every year. So why not just put one pay-per-view in England every year? Yeah, just do it, like, um, set, or set up something like um, Grand Slam. Exactly, yes. You know, like, you have that every year around the same time of year, same venue. You know, you just work something out with a venue over there. I I mean, I don't truly understand the logistics of those things. So I can't speak on them. But, you know, I'm sure Wembley is like, hey, we sold a lot of tickets. So we're making a lot of revenue off this. So certainly they wouldn't turn down the idea. So. Well, you know what? Heck, you could go to the O2 Arena and just, you know, you can't do that again with Wembley. With like 
75, 80,000 tickets sailed. Yeah, like a first time, everyone's excited. But hey, you get the O2 Arena right there. Just go to the O2 and just make that like your London trip every year. Yeah. Okay, actually, we're bringing this episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling to a close. It's been a joy to have you on the show this week. Where can we find you if we want to keep up on your hot wrestling takes? Um, I'm mostly just on Twitter. I am currently on like... um. Instagram too, but I mostly use Twitter for it. It's at Groovy underscore Ash underscore. And we're going to have Ashley back on next week's show so she can tell us all the cool stuff that happened at AEW Dynamite this week. And maybe, maybe she might be one of the people running out to the cage and help her team win or not. <laughs> but until we see you next week, Ashley and everybody, I hope you have a stunning week. Thank you. Christina here. On behalf of the guys, thanks for listening. Like the show? Do us a favor and share it with a friend. Have a stunning question? Email it to the show at radiofreeprowrestling at gmail.com. Until next time, this has been Radio Free Pro Wrestling. Stay stunningly.